Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast. This is not about your body. I'm Jesse Neeland. And today I want to talk a little bit about the influences that create our desires when it comes to not just how we look, but who we want to be. Um, I say who we want to be, and that can mean a lot of different things. I know for body image issue sufferers, a lot of times this is going to mean having an image of yourself in your head of being very like whatever is cool for you, you know, um, being the kind of person that you imagine you would be or should be or want to be or whatever. Um, sort of your, your imagined best life version of you is kind of what I mean here. Uh, a lot of times it does have a very aesthetic component. For example, when I was younger, the person I wanted to be was like super fit and active and uh, you know, grounded and she meditated and she went for runs and drank green juice. Like I had an image of myself that was a very particular kind of person who I thought was, um, you know, badass and desirable, but it definitely came with an aesthetic. Like the image in my own head was not necessarily of me, how I looked. It was of how I would look if I was that person. So I say this aesthetically, but also, um, in terms of like, living the kind of life that you think would be your best life. Now, the influences that I'm talking about here are basically whatever sparked desire in you. Um, this can be short-term and it can be long-term, right? Like long-term, in the bigger picture, most people are going to have some kind of desire sparked to meet some basic amount of conventional beauty ideals, right? We are given in the long term over time, we're given a picture of what we want to look like, what's ideal to look like, what looks good. And that's informed by, you know, phobia and racism, sexism, ageism, all kinds of things, right? So most people kind of have a vague idea that is very similar in Western culture. It's sort of thin. It's a gender binary, gender essentialism, right? Like men should look like men and look masculine. Women should look like women and be feminine, right? Like there's, there's that completely um, gender essentialism view of beauty ideals. Uh, it also has to do with conventional beauty ideals regarding like face symmetry uh, signs of aging, hair, makeup, and style, that kind of thing. So we're given an idea of what's attractive, basically. And that's kind of that long-term influence. It, it makes us want to look a certain way. It's why a lot of women want to have long hair and a lot of men want to have short hair. It's because that's the picture we're given, you know, for so long that we don't even really think about it. Now, granted, obviously, anybody can want any kind of hair. But we're talking about big patterns, right? Like we're informed by the culture. We're informed by these big influences. Um, but then there's also the short-term influences, which is to say maybe the cool kid in your class in high school had a very particular look. And that look was so striking to you at a formative age that you became like obsessed with it. You know, whatever that was, like long, shiny blonde hair. And then you became obsessed with long, shiny blonde hair or, um, you know, dark almond shaped eyes. And you became obsessed with dark almond shaped eyes, right? Like whatever the thing was, the look that they had, if they were very cool, or if this was like the first person you had a crush on or something like that, 
Um, and influence like that can can have a big impact on what you want to look like and who you want to be. You know, if you met someone at any point where, you know, maybe they were um, an athlete of a very particular sport, you know, you met someone who was like a basketball player and it blew your mind and you were like, oh my God, I want to play basketball. This is so cool. They're so cool. It doesn't have to just be aesthetic. It can be that thing of, I want to be like that. I want to be like that kind of person. I want to be like them. I know personally, I experience really dramatic shifts in what I prefer and like and want for myself whenever I'm introduced to new influences. A great example of this would be um, when I hang out with rock climbers, I want to be a rock climber. I just think, you know, they're cool. They look cool. They there's a very like appealing um, kind of natural vibe to the sort of culture. You know, it's a lot of like just really cool young people not wearing makeup, not focused on aesthetics, just like being badass and climbing up rock walls. Right. Very appealing to me. Pretty much. I'm never going to do that. I mean, I I don't feel like I'm probably ever going to uh, put the amount of time into this particular activity to get really good at it and become that kind of person. I just don't see that happening for myself because it's not a high enough priority. Just, I just doubt it'll happen. But when I'm with those people, I start getting these little fantasies, you know, these little daydreams. I'm like, oh man, what if I became, I start picturing myself wearing like outdoor gear and, you know, being really good at climbing and impressing people as I climb up rocks and uh, you know, camping, even though I like don't like camping, I imagine myself camping. Basically, it's like an imaginative costume that I put on myself, if that makes sense. And a lot of people do this. They have a way of looking at who they want to be without even realizing it sometimes and noticing, uh, or I, I'm inviting you to notice rather, that a lot of times it is informed directly by what's going on around you, by those immediate influences. So the rock climbing example is not aesthetic-based typically, although in my head I am certainly picturing myself being, you know, like maybe a little bit lankier or leaner or more muscular and strong because that would be the body that goes with the fantasy of me being a cool rock climbing person, you know. Um, but it's not really about that. When I was younger, it was very much about the aesthetic. It was, it was driven by the aesthetic, but it was also driven by what that aesthetic represented to me. Being this cool yoga person, um, you know, health and wellness nut, like going for runs and drinking green juices, that appealed to me because the person that I imagined I would be if I did all those things was like, you know, vibrant and alive and happy and calm and not anxious ever and super confident. So it's like really when you have these little fantasies and desires for who you want to be, it can include what you look like, but it's really, it's what you feel like too, right? So something that happens um, and is really kind of just worth looking at is the ways in which specific beauty ideals or aesthetics, or whatever, get kind of uh, corkscrewed into your brain somewhere because of what it represents, or what it feels like, or what it looks like, or basically however it's influenced into your life. So a really um, 
interesting example of this is I watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette sometimes, and I fully, fully acknowledge that it's trash. <laughs> and if you don't watch it, that's totally fine. If you judge me for watching it, that's also totally fine. Um, but I have been watching it. And what I noticed is on the nights that I watch it, I don't necessarily think to myself like, oh, I want to look different. I'm, I'm not necessarily having any kind of conscious thought about myself. I just watch it. The women are all incredibly thin, conventionally attractive, young, and really high femme. So it's like every woman is wearing, you know, a a super sparkly dress and high heels and has like long, you know, shiny hair and jewelry and makeup and nails. And it's this whole thing. It's all very high femme. Now, I am not typically very high femme. So while watching this, I honestly don't even connect to anything. I'm not really thinking much at all about how I look or how I live my life. But it's also very glamorous, right? Because they're like going on these big, cool dates and having these, you know, they have like places to go and cocktail parties and whatever. And I've only been watching this since the pandemic hit. So I should say I have been watching it as a person who wears sweatpants like (laughs) eight days a week. So it is very like appealing in some ways to imagine having somewhere to go, having parties, meeting people, going on these fantastic adventures. You know, all that stuff is really exciting sounding, right? So what I notice is the next day, I will find myself craving more them stuff. I will find myself craving or just thinking about or wanting to do more beauty work. I'll find myself thinking like, oh, I should blow dry my hair. I haven't done that in a while. Or, you know, maybe I should, uh, you know, I want to wear something kind of cute today, you know, instead of just wearing my normal leggings or sweatpants. So whatever it is, I, I find myself trending toward the desire for a more femme dressed up kind of look. And when I notice that happening, I can, I mean, at this point, I just, I'm like, oh yeah, it's because I watched The Bachelor. No kidding. Um, but when, when I first started noticing it, I was like, oh, it's so interesting because I don't feel bad about myself, right? It's not coming from, oh, I, I don't look good enough. I, I have to change how I look, you know, or, or I'm insecure about this thing. So I want it to look different. It's more like my desires and cravings that day are informed by a sense of what kind of life I would live if I was this more femme glam kind of person and finding that appealing. I'm pretty sure if I went to a whole bunch of parties, like if, you know, that just became a thing and I had a whole really rich social life, I don't know that it would hold the same appeal. You know, it's really hitting that note for me right now because I'm bored and I miss parties and I miss going and doing all this cool social stuff. So I'm sure that there is an element of just it's unmet need that kind of gets sparked by watching the show. And then it turns into this kind of fantastical image of what kind of person lives the kind of life where those needs would be met. And then it trickles down into I should blow dry my hair or I should clip in hair extensions, which I have and are really fun to play with. You know, things like that is where it ends up being you know, kind of landing in me consciously. Whereas what it started with was watching this thing, letting it influence me, um, you know, just taking influence and having that influence mesh with what I happen to be wanting, needing and craving lately. And likewise, I would say 
when I was younger and living in New York City, I imagined this version of myself because I was really anxious. You know, I felt insecure and anxious a lot. I felt overwhelmed a lot. I felt like I wasn't good enough in the the fitness and wellness world. I felt like I was sort of failing this ideal of like the perfect personal trainer person. So when I imagined my best self, the person I wanted to be at the time, it solved all of those problems for me. You know, I was like, perfect wellness lady, you know, like I would, I, I would meditate and do all these things and be super calm and confident. And everybody would just see me and be like, oh, wow, you're the model personal trainer. You know, I want to be like you. So it, it fit my cravings and needs and desires at the time too. And part of that, you know, looking back was wanting to feel calm and confident and good enough. Part of it was also wanting to prove myself in a very particular industry um, where I felt that I, I was sort of failing in some way because I still ate, you know, carbs and didn't do everything right that, that I sort of felt the expectation was as a, as a fitness or wellness professional. So likewise, if I go, you know, hang out with rock climbers, it wouldn't appeal if I didn't have some fantasy of having like my needs or my cravings or my desires met by being that kind of person. You know, like, for example, I would not get the same feeling by going to a hockey game and seeing all the other hockey fans or whatever. I would not leave that hockey game feeling influenced and being like, man, I should play hockey or I should, you know, go to more sports games. Like, that's not what would happen because that doesn't in any way align with my deep down values, desires, cravings, needs, anything. You know, it doesn't scratch any itch for me. But if it did, if it did align with something like that, then me going to a hockey game could have the same damn influence. You know, maybe I would go and I would leave thinking like having a, I can't even think of what the fantasy here would be. This is such a silly example, but you know, maybe I would leave with this fantasy of myself wearing jerseys and drinking beer at sports games and cheering for my, you know, uh, famous hockey partner, uh, whatever it is, like if that did align in some way with stuff that I thought sounded really appealing, then that would become the little fantasy. And maybe the next day, instead of, you know, wanting to clip in hair extensions, I would be Googling, um, you know, sports jersey stuff. And I don't know. I obviously don't know enough about hockey to make this uh, kind of analogy work. But you get my point, I hope. That basically whatever links in and hooks to your sort of fantasy version of yourself is going to have that appeal both in the short term and the long term. The things that appealed to me in high school might not appeal to me now, but there is still a through line to some of it. You know, certain body and beauty ideals and preferences are sort of still there, you know. Because that's the world we live in. And certain things have changed dramatically because, let's say, in high school, I definitely had an image of myself, like a, a big part of my fantasy self was being incredibly desirable to men. And I don't really have that now. In fact, I, yeah, I really, I, I don't connect to that right now at all. So this idea being like, in my fantasies back then, I was kind of a sexual object at times, you know? I would be cool. I would always like 
my fantasies of myself were always very cool, but hot, dude, you know, cool and hot. And then I've gone through all of this stuff. And now my fantasies of myself, it's not so much about men. It's a, a, lot, a lot actually is about like gender expression and that kind of thing, which is why that femme look when I watched The Bachelor and The Bachelorette has kind of such a, like an appeal to me. It's like, yes, I, I want to express my femme side because it does live in me somewhere. It doesn't get expressed very often lately, but it does exist. And there's something in it that when I, you know, see other people in these spaces, I'm like, oh man, I, I miss that kind of feeling sometimes. Not necessarily because of the actual femme expression so much as what that means, like the wearing of the dress and the going to the party and you know, all of these sort of cis heteronormative uh, dates and everything that you kind of see being played out with people who look that way. So it can be just what it represents. It can be what it actually offers you. But these fantasies of ourselves, you know, they're directly informed by what kind of influences we allow into our lives. And I'm sharing this a little, bouncing a little bit all over the place, I guess, but like, I really want to invite you to just look at yours. Most people have at least one, if not lots. I work with people all the time who are like, I have a million fantasy versions of myself. Um, but most people at least have one sense of like who they would be if they could wave a magic wand, basically. And a lot of times, obviously for my clientele, my circles, that has an aesthetic. And that aesthetic is informed by you know, broad conventional ideals of beauty and body stuff, but it's also informed by you, your needs, your desires, your cravings, your values, all of that stuff. So I invite you to get curious and explore this a little bit and just notice, like, if you imagine yourself, um, I don't know, being, uh, happily married and co-parenting with your partner and just having like a domestic little blissful house. If that's the fantasy of yourself, I would just check in and be curious. Like, well, first of all, as a body image coach, I would ask, what do you look like in this <laughs> fantasy? Because um, I have heard people say things like this, where they are imagining themselves like having this sort of ideal life in which they are doing all of those things, but they look like you know, the most glamorous Instagram influencer imaginable, like wearing flowy, uh, feminine, gauzy dresses and uh, holding their babies in a field while their handsome partner is like, you know, dipping them and they're laughing. And it's just like, you know, that is often what they mean. And when we really dig into it, the aesthetic is actually a really big piece of the fantasy. It's a big piece of what's holding them in that fantasy is I would have this ideal life and everybody would know it or people would be really impressed or they would be, um, you know, they would admire me or they would think I was doing really well, or they would think I was perfect or something like that. So the aesthetic thing, that's, that's something to get curious about. But then also if it has an aesthetic, what does that aesthetic represent to you? And what can that tell you about what you're really craving or wanting or needing right now? And also, just in general, why do you think that version of yourself appeals to you so much right now? And is it 
an actual representation of who you believe yourself to be? Or is it a representation of who you think you'd have to be to get what you want? So, for example, in my bachelorette example, um, I don't particularly want to be wearing sequined dresses and (laughs) doing other femme stuff, but I do want my, I, I want the perceived outcome, you know? I want the like fun, cool social life. That's just what I want right now. I mean, it won't be forever, but like in a time where we're home a lot and and connection has been very scarce for the last year and a half, that really appeals to me. And I think a lot of times when I talk to people about this version of themselves, it is not so much a self-expression thing as it is wanting the desired outcome. So maybe they imagine themselves like being super fit and lean and athletic. And it's all about like, you know, I would work out every day and I would be eating really healthy and drinking enough water and getting enough sleep. I would feel amazing. And when you really dig into that, you're like, oh, so you just want to feel good. This actually doesn't have anything to do with the specifics of the fantasy in which you either have a certain body or even do certain things. Those are just the things and the body that you associate with thriving you know, with feeling amazing every day, with waking up full of energy and joy and enthusiasm. Because when you wake up and you like hit snooze and you're grouchy and then you like roll into the kitchen to make coffee and everything's like, ugh, why am I up right now? That sucks, right? Your fantasy is it would be totally different. And how you get there might be an imagery of like this really well-rested, wellness, fitness, healthy person. So does that come with an aesthetic? Certainly doesn't have to, but we're, we're absolutely fed the idea that it does. And does that even come with certain behaviors? Not necessarily. Because you could totally eat healthy, drink water, get lots of sleep and work out every day and still wake up, hit snooze and feel grouchy and miserable every morning. You could also do none of those things and wake up feeling joyful and happy and calm every morning, depending on what it is that you need to actually feel that way, you know? So this is where I invite curiosity to start exploring the thing, start exploring. This is where you get a lot of information about what's associated with what in your head. And when we're getting to the truth, which is always the point of my work and body neutrality, peeling back the layers and getting to the truth, what's the truthiest truth, is you have associated certain bodies with certain feelings or outcomes or experiences. And then you have gone after those feelings or experiences by trying to change your body instead of trying to go get them directly, right? That's a huge source of body image issues is the desire to try to go get the thing met that you want, but like indirectly by looking like the part. It's the whole dress for the job you want, not the job you have. You know, people are trying to have the body for the life they want, not the life they have. And honestly, it's really ineffective. It's not a good way to go about doing anything or accomplishing anything, but it's super common. And you have to dig into it this way in order to even notice you're doing it and to get the information you need about what it is you're chasing. Because for me, like instead of clipping in hair extensions, what I should probably do is go make some new friends. I like live in a new city and I mean, I can wear masks and go out and make friends, right? I could. I mean... Maybe I should, but I mean, I'm not too worried about it right now. It's just something to notice, right? That 
me wanting to look a certain way is actually me wanting a certain kind of feeling and experience. And I don't have to look any different. I can go out in sweatpants if I want to have that experience. It's also about, you know, it's like the lightness and the fun, right? It's not necessarily just literally going out into the world. I'm just craving lightness and fun. So how do I get lightness and fun? I certainly don't have to put makeup on, you know, and putting makeup on certainly doesn't lead to me having more lightness and fun. Those are not, it is not a direct way to get something. And likewise, like if you associate weight loss or having a specific kind of body or appearance with a fabulous fun life or confidence or peace of mind or, you know, anything, finding a great partner or finding success and fulfillment, literally anything you associate with it. And then you're trying to get those things by changing how you look. It's a really indirect and ineffective way to get it. Whereas there are lots of ways to go get those things more directly if you are able to name what it is you're looking for. What you're looking for might change throughout life. You know, there might be a big through line like connection. You're always searching for connection. And there might be really specifics like, you know, you go hang out with a certain kind of person and everybody has like Botox and fillers and fake nails and all these things. And all of a sudden you like the next day you're thinking, oh, man, I need Botox. Like. That might give you information not only about the influences that you are allowing into your life, because some of this is just subconscious desire to belong stuff. It's also going to give you information about if you explore it properly, like what is your craving? What do you want? What did they seem to all have? Did they all seem fulfilled and happy? Did they seem confident? Did they seem like they were really great friends and you felt like you were on the outside and you want friends like that? You know, did they seem what? Like, what is the thing you're really chasing when you think I should get Botox (laughs) Um, or whatever the thing is? Uh, That's it. I think I hope this was useful. And if you want to ask questions or reach out, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Jesse Neeland. And if these podcast episodes are helpful to you, um, I would be happy if you wanted to support me on Patreon, which you can also find on my Instagram bio as a link. So that's it. And thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time.